0: morning, Victory. Hey, today we're closing out our Dear Church series, where we've been focused on what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 4:15, that we have not many fathers. And here at Victory, here's what we believe, that God is training up strong men and strong fathers who will leave strong legacies. And he's repairing father wounds in us so we can actually change the story in our family. I asked myself who would be the best biological father, spiritual father, and long-term leader who loves Jesus' church to come in and close out this series, and the answer was easy. One of Victory's best friends in our history is Dr. Sam Chan, and he's with us today. So Sam has been at the heart of Victory's story throughout the years, he's an incredible leadership consultant, author, speaker to the nations, and his life's vision is to help people succeed. He's a long-term father of the faith who I greatly respect, so I invited him to come and share his dear church letter with all of us. So please join me in welcoming Dr. Sam Chan.
1: Thank you, thank you. Please be seated, please be seated. Well, hello, Victory Norcross Victory, Hamilton Mill. Victory, Midtown. And Global Victory, hmm Absolutely, absolutely. This is a, you know, you know I, I, I've had the opportunity to literally travel all over the world and speak at some of the amazing platforms. I personally don't know, others may know that, I personally don't know of another church on this planet that is as global and as diverse as Victory Church, right there. And this morning, I'm just uh, amazed that I get invited back. You know, it's like you messed up, can you come clean up, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I want to thank Pastor uh, Johnson Bowie and his dear wife, uh, Summer for extending this invitation to me to come and be with you. And what an honor it is this morning to have the founding pastor of this great church, Pastor Dennis. We love you. Thank God for you. We are here because of you. So thank God. Thank God for your vision. And Pastor Colleen, we just just love you and admire you, respect you, honor you. Because of one man saying, yes, we are all here. You know, it is easy to walk into something like this and say, yeah, been there all the whole time. No, they started way out there. Started small. The start had a big vision. And that vision continues to grow at victory. And thank you for planting such a great, impacting global church. And thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. So I got this text message from Pastor Johnson on Good Friday of this year. Saying, we're gonna do the series about fathers, letters from fathers. I got on my on my phone and would you be willing to be one of the fathers to, to come and speak to our church? So I told him, I ain't nobody's daddy. <laughs> because with daddyhood comes responsibilities. <laughs> and it never ends, it doesn't matter how old your kids get, it never ends. So no, I, I ain't nobody's father. <laughs> No, 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 no. So let me straighten it up. At the, I got disclaimers at the front end. So my first disclaimer, I have a second one coming. So I ain't no daddy, but you can call me uncle. <laughs> I'm Uncle Sam. Uh-huh, uncle Sam who'll come in and out. You know, I'm done after this. <laughs> yeah. So just glad to be here. The other thing is I have, I have watched all the other five fathers speak to the, to the house, I watched every one of them all the way from beginning to end. Uh, so inevitably, I'm gonna end up repeating something somebody has said. So if I repeat something that you heard other people say, I just wanted to, re- to remind you the words of Jesus, that all those who came before me were robbers and thieves. Just want you to know that right (laughs) off the bat. I'm not making eye contact with Pastor Dennis right now. (laughs) So I started thinking from Good Friday, I said yes to him, obviously, because I love coming to Victory. I mean, it's just like, hey, there's free food. Will you come? (laughs) I'm there. So, So I started thinking about what kind of message can I share in the context of what Pastor Johnson Bowie wanted me to do, which is to bring a message that would be a message to the church. And I start thinking about something that I can preach about, but can't fix it today. The prayer at the end of this message is not gonna fix it for you. You will never overcome it. Start it. Just trying to start as depressing as I can. (laughs) Because after that, it can only get better, right? Because it's what I want to talk to you today started even before Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden. It started in heaven when Lucifer, the archangel, and God had a dispute, had a conflict. And he got thrown out of heaven with his homies. (laughs) We call them demons now. And if you read the Bible, it is just full of this thing and does not end till the second last chapter of the book of Revelation. It's starting the Garden of Eden and has not ended yet. Uh, It's conflict, conflict. Conflict started in heaven. Uh, Conflict started in Eden, Garden of Eden, between... Adam, Eve, God, the serpent. (laughs) Adam blaming his wife. Adam is blaming God. Conflict so great they get kicked off of Eden. They have two boys, Cain and Abel. Conflict again. One brother kills the other brother. Abraham, his nephew Lot. (laughs) They had to divide their real estate in different areas. Uncle said to him, hey, listen, you go east, I go west. How's that? That's cool. Uh, David, conflict with his brothers, conflict with King Saul. Nehemiah is trying to build the walls, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He's got conflict on the inside of the walls and conflict on the outside of the walls. Uh, Jesus had conflict, big conflict, with the religious system of his time ended up on the cross. Conflict in the New Testament and in, in Acts chapter six, when one side of the church felt, the Grecian widows felt like the Jewish widows were getting preferential treatment. <laughs> Their program gets announced and ours doesn't. We signed up for the Meals on Wheels program, ain't no wheels coming down our way. <laughs> Acts chapter 15, probably the greatest conflict because of which you and I in this room is the whole thing about Jews and Gentiles. When Gentiles get saved, do they have to live up to our criteria as Jews? Uh, Acts chapter 15 ends with Paul and Barnabas. Now you may know this, Barnabas was Paul's mentor. You, You gotta know that. When no disciple, no apostle would get close to Saul, Rabbi Saul who became Apostle Paul because he had persecuted the church. Nobody trusted him. Barnabas took him under his wings and introduced him to the board of the church. But Acts chapter 15 ends with them going in different directions. Barnabas took his nephew with him and Paul and Silas went another direction. So conflict has always been. But I want to define conflict for you. It's gonna be very profound. So you gotta listen carefully. Conflict is about two things. Expectation, everyone's expectation. expectation. And reality, everyone's a reality. Yeah. So, conflict is about two things. One is what? Expectation. And? Yeah. The greater the distance between expectation and reality, the greater the conflict. That's all of life. Okay, okay. Let me, let me break it down. Let me break it down for you. How many of you men in this room, or if you're watching me online, how many of you men? Our married men, can I see your hands? Have some courage. Yeah, some of you are kind of going like this, like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, we are still thinking about it. Okay, let me ask that again. How many of you married men? Oh, more hands went up, okay. <laughs> she, she poked, you didn't, I saw that. You are so messed up and everything. So so when you're leaving the house to go somewhere and she asks you, what time will you be back home? If you tell her the time, you ain't very smart. (laughs) Because when you tell her the time, you create what? So let's just say in a very stupid moment you say, because you need to be saying something like, hey, babe, I'm coming back even as I'm leaving. <laughs> I might be out of your presence, but you're always on my mind. <laughs> say what you gotta say, fix it, you know? So you tell her I'll be home at 7. 7.15, 7.30, 8.00. Nine, get your room somewhere. (laughs) Because all of conflict is about those two things. What are they? What they are? Expectation and reality. And every conflict sentence is gonna start with the same two words, I thought. I thought you're gonna be home at seven. I thought you picking up the baby at the nursery. Ever loan money to relatives? I thought you were going to pay me back. <laughs> you get pulled over? Mother. I've had lots of those. Police officer, I thought I was going 35. I thought. You heard about the, about the man who was, who was shipwrecked? on an island, marooned, shipwrecked on an island by himself. This island was so bare that there was not a a lizard, not a squirrel, not a bird, nothing. Nothing was moving on this island. It was just him. About three years later, somehow people discovered that this guy stuck out there, so they sent a boat to get him. So the people come, and he's ready to get, jump on the boat. They said, no, 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 before you do that, can, can can you walk us around this island? Give us a tour of the island. We've never been here before. He said, man, ain't nobody here. Not a squirrel, not a lizard, not a bird, not a, nothing, no, not an insect. Nothing is here. That's me. He said, oh, give us a walk. He said, okay. So then they start walking and they come to this hut, this hut. And they ask him, what is this? They said, that's my house. I thought I might need some place for shelter. So this is my house. They walk down a little bit more and there's another hut. They said, what is that? He said, that is my church. I thought it would be important for me to leave my house and go to church. They walked on a little bit more and there was another hut. They said, what is that? He said, oh, that's the church I used to go to. Man on an island, all by himself. See, this is what I've learned. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there shall be conflict. (laughs) Because conflict is normal. From the time the baby is born, creates conflict. For the baby, for the parents, for the grandparents who gets to be with who, it's natural. Conflict is natural. And conflict is neutral. Conflict simply is. See, the only people who don't have conflict are people who, two categories. People who ain't doing anything are dead. Uh, dead people create conflicts for others. <laughs> but So if you're living, breathing, moving, you're going to have conflict. You're going to have conflict. See, conflict is inevitable wherever people are in, invited, interested, involved, there is going to be conflict. So the, the question is not if you're going to have conflict. The question is not how you're going to deal with conflict. The question for us is how are you going to deal with conflict in a healthy manner, in a healthy way? Because there are expected times of conflict, expected, expected times of conflicts are weddings, mm-hmm, you know, when I was getting married back in 1979, I thought, since I was paying for some of it, <laughs> that my opinion would be invited <laughs> and welcomed. I found out very quickly from her and her homies. <laughs> That's not how it works here. You're not in India anymore. <laughs> now, some of you are looking at me saying, I've seen him somewhere, seen him somewhere, seen him somewhere. You might have seen him at my gas station, <laughs> at my subway. <laughs> I saw some of you go through my Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I see you all, see you all, see you all, all the time. See, yeah. So, so so there's conflict at the wedding, the conflict at funerals, funerals. Oh, yeah. Funeral conflicts are family secrets. All of you carry them, especially if you got left out of the will. (laughs) There's conflict in church. As churches grow, there's conflict. As churches decline, there's conflict. There's conflict in special days. There's conflict when you get a job. There's There's conflict everywhere you go. There's a story in the Bible about a man named Joseph. Joseph uh, was one of the favorite sons. The other brothers did not appreciate him. Long story short, they were going to kill him. They said, no, let's not kill him. Let's make money on him. So they sold him. About He was about 17 years of age when he got sold. About 24, 25 years later, he's an older man. Now he's the prime minister of Egypt. But there's famine going on where his brothers are. So they hear there's food in Egypt. So they all go to Egypt to get some food. Joseph sees his brothers and he recognizes them. But they don't recognize him because he's grown up. He's speaking Egyptian. He's all dressed up in Egyptian garb. He's in charge. And Joseph understands who they are, but they don't know him. Eventually, Joseph has a reconciliation with them. And Pharaoh, Joseph's boss, says to Joseph, hey, send your brothers home to bring your daddy. I want to see your daddy. So it was not Joseph's idea. It was Pharaoh's idea. Go get your, get your, your, get your daddy and your younger brother. So and, and Pharaoh says to Joseph, and fix them up. Give them enough food and everything so that when they go back, they will really... The daddy will be impressed with what you said. So so Joseph does all that. As they are leaving his penthouse, this is what Joseph says to his brothers. Genesis chapter 45, verse 24. Genesis 45, 24 says this. Then he, being Joseph, sent his brothers away. And as they were leaving, he said to them. Can we all read it together? Don't. Don't quarrel where? Everyone say "On on the way. Yeah, it all happens on the way. Joseph is saying to them, I know you got plans, you're gonna bring daddy back, here's all the stuff you're taking with him, but I know you boys. But I wish that was true just for them. It's true for all of us. Don't quarrel where? On the way. It all happens on the way. You get married. And then on the way happens, on the way, on the Brenda and I got married in when, uh, 1979. So uh, yeah, Brenda and I, when we got married, you know, we were in love. (laughs) So Brenda and I don't have arguments. Brenda and I have vigorous interchange of concerned ideas. On the way, on the way, on the way, on the way. On the way, coming to church Sunday mornings, there are special Sunday morning demons. They start brushing their teeth Saturday night. Brenda and I I, had more vigorous interchange of concerned ideas on the way to church. So, 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 okay, in my previous life, before the Lord delivered me and set me free, I used to pastor a church. He let me out early for good behavior. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sam, I'm a recovering pastor. So, 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 so Brenda and I would get into stuff, stupid stuff, over just things we don't even remember on the way to church. So we, I was pastor of the church, so we started driving separately <laughs> to church. But I knew that she was, she was, she was, she was mad. So, I, in those days, in the old church, and now pastors sit on the front row. In the old church, how many of you remember there were the three chairs? The king's throne for the lead pastor, and the two flunkies. <laughs> the two wannabes. Uh huh. So, So I'm sitting in the king's chair, the one with the high back. Not that high back with armrest. Those didn't have armrests on them. No, 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 no. You've put your arm wherever, somewhere else. I'm gonna have my arms over here. I'm going to, yeah. And, And Brenda always said about the third row, third row, right, where that lady's sitting, over there. I know she's mad at me. And you know how you, how you ladies do? You fold your arms and you, you look kind of like this. Like you're looking at us, but not like your eyes are in your shoulder. It's like. <laughs> so I'm sitting over here saying, God, I got to preach in another 10 minutes, nine minutes, eight minutes. And, you know, I'm supposed to be saved at least in the moment. And so I'm trying to make up with her long distance, but her eyes. So I'm mouthing words like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No give, no give, no give. And I'm blowing her kisses. I know what she's thinking when I'm preaching. If these people knew Well, I know. I know when I get the altar call, it will be like, you jerk. You need to be the first one down there. Mm-hmm. On the way, on the way, on the way, on the way. You have children. And then on the way. I have lived long enough to declare to you it is Harder raising adult children. I'm just a mere consultant now. It's like, Dad, that's good, but let me check with my friends. (laughs) When have your friends paid your rent for you? (laughs) Who bought those shoes? (laughs) On the way. You get a job, and you tweet about it, you TikTok about it, you... Instagram about it, new job. God is good. God is wonderful. Ooh, God, God, God. Two and a half days later, you got conflict. Mm-hmm. On the way, on the way. You start a business. God opened the windows of heaven. You got conflict. On the way, you get saved. On the way, I can tell you about myself. I got saved when I was seven. In a couple of months, I'll be 69. I've been saved off and on. Con- conflict, conflict. You found a great church called Victory. On the way, on the way. See, this church was perfect at four o'clock this morning. Till you walked in. (laughs) See, if you find a perfect church, don't go there. Because as soon as you walk in, won't be perfect no more. Because church is like Noah's Ark. Church is like Noah's Ark. It might be stinking, but the best thing afloat. Yeah, Noah's Ark. Go with me inside Noah's Ark. And there's brother giraffe with his deposit. Let's just call it do. <laughs> and there is this chicken that has do 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 <laughs> And then this elephant does whatever he wants to. Plop. <laughs> do. And you come to Pastor Noah, Pastor Noah, Pastor Noah. <laughs> do something about Brother Giraffe. He is doing do everywhere. Can you do something about this? Pastor Noah says, I get it, I get it. I I don't like the do myself. In fact, I stepped into it the other day. Man, it is bad. Giraffes is worse than the elephants. And I understand, I understand. But come with me, come with me. Look outside the window. Where are you going to go? you got to remind yourself the church is not made up of perfect people. Church is made up of messed up people just like you and me. We all messed up. Years ago, years ago, there was a counseling book on transactional analysis that the title of the book was I'm okay, you're okay. I'm here to tell you I'm not okay and you messed up. And that is why you have to say to yourself, this is home, this is home. Ain't nobody gonna run me off because this is home. You can talk me away from here because this is home. Say whatever you want to on Facebook, I don't give a rip because this is home. See, you gotta make up your mind that you will not let anybody run you away from where God has planted you, where God has placed you, That matter what it is. Because, 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 listen, listen. As great as victory is, you're going to have conflict. It is simply is. It's not just because you're ungodly. It's because you are in this human flesh. You have expectations. You have realities. You think I'm going to quit in the next couple hours. I'm not. It's going to be five. <laughs> it's just a whole notion of, I'm looking for that perfect place. You gotta make up your mind, you're here to stay. When Brendan and I got married, we made up our mind on a few very important things. One of them was, neither one of us is ever gonna sleep on the couch. Well, we, in those days, we didn't even have a couch, but <laughs> <laughs> mattress on the floor is what we had. So, so we made up our mind. So there's been many occasions in which she met as whatever, and me, at bedtime, butts ain't touching. I'm sleeping with one eye open. because I see her hand raised, it's not praising the Lord. I saw something shiny in that hand. I made her promise, I said, if you ever leave me, I'm coming with you. See, see it's not like life is easy. Life is tough, can you agree with that? Yes. Then no better, role. it looks like he's got it going on and she's got it going on, but you have no idea. They cleaned up this morning and they're deodorized, they're dressed up, they're looking good, but you have no idea what's going on in your neighbor's life, the hell that they might be going through right now. And you gotta make up your mind, it is here, it is here, it's me, it's you, it's all of us together, together. This is my church. There'll be times I'll be super happy and there'll be times I'll be super mad. But it's still my home. It is my home. Expectation and reality. Paul was writing to the Roman church. Paul was writing to the Roman church. And in Romans chapter 12, verses 18, he says this. If everyone say if, if If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with who? Okay. So I like this verse because he gives us two disclaimers. It's easy to live to read the last verse, live last portion, live at peace with everyone. But he gives us two disclaimers. Disclaimer number one is. If it is possible. I'm here to tell you, some folk are just conflict carriers. Jerks and jerkuses. <laughs> they're just that way. Don't be pointing at folk, you just. They're just that way. If it is possible, and then he goes on to say, as much as what? Depends on you. So what Paul is saying is that the focus is not on them, the focus is on you. Because I have lived long enough to know I can fix nobody. I've tried and failed. I can't fix my wife, can't fix my kids, can't fix my son-in-law, can't fix my grandkids. I can't fix nobody. The only thing that I'm responsible for is... How I respond, it's up to me. And therefore, I have to be introspective and not fault others, but find myself in it. In fact, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 6, verse 41 and 42. Luke chapter 6, verse 41 and 42. Jesus says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's or sister's eye? and pay no attention to the two by four, four by eight, four by eight. (laughs) In your own eye. How can you say to your brother or sister, brother, sister, let me take out the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the entire Home Depot in your (laughs) own eye. (laughs) You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye. And then, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And that is where we have to ask ourselves the big question. If there's a conflict, Are we attacking people, or are we attacking problems? Because as soon as you move from the what, which is the issue, to a who, that is a person, you have made a major Grand Canyon leap. When my wife, Brenda, and I, when we were just talking about the what, whatever that is, that is cool. I mean, we're good, we're good, I think, but we're good. But when I start talking about her mama, Ain't that cool? And that's why you have to stay away from sentences like you always and you never. So are we talking about issues? Are we talking about people? And so I want to give you, I want to give you four words that are going to show up on the screen. And I want you to remember plus. Everyone say plus. 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 P stands, I'm going to give you all four of them, talk about them briefly. P stands for pause. What's the next word? Listen. Next word. And the last one, solve. P-L-U-S. That is how think about conflict. Now, why why am I teaching it like this? Because at the end of this message, there's no prayer I can pray that will rid you of conflict in your life. I cannot give you here the three things you gotta do to not have conflict. You will always have conflict till you go six feet under. And if you don't have a will, you're gonna create problems for others. So there's, I, I, I'm setting expectation here because there is no formula. If that was that, if I could write a book on the formula that read this, do this, you will never have conflict in your life, that would be Amazing. So we have to say to ourselves, conflict is a plus. The first one is pause, that means just stop. Just pause. Pause simply means if you're watching TV, turn it off. Don't turn it on mute, turn it off. Put your phone away. Just stop what you're doing. Look at that person, talk to them. If you're in person, if you're on the phone, Give them your entire attention. And then the second one, L stands for what? There will be a test if you ever want to leave this building. You might as well memorize this right now. L stands for listen. Now, there's the a difference in listening and hearing. Hearing is biological. I know when my wife and I are having this, uh, whatever we are having, and she said, You're not even listening. I said to her, What most husbands say, I can repeat everything you just said. <laughs> but my eyes told her, I'm not listening. My body language told her I'm not listening. Okay, ha, do, you, do you ever remember you were sitting in a chair and your little baby or your grandbaby crawled in, they're talking to you and you're just trying to do something else and they'll take their he- head, your head in their hands and turn it to them? Listen. Listening means where you're coming from. Listening means Understanding. Listening also means that you are not coming up with a counter-argument as they are saying. So that counter-punch, you know. She'll say this, I'll say this, she'll say this, I'll say this. We've all had that conversation in our head, haven't we? And then the next one is P is for what? Mm, that was a D-minus right there. So P is what? Pause. L is? is? U is? i got to know where you're coming from. Because my life story is different from your life story. When Brenda and I got married, she's white. I got a better tan. (laughs) She was raised here. I wasn't raised here. She likes veggies and hamburgers. I like good old curry. We're going out for lunch together, okay? <laughs> she was brought up differently. I was brought up differently. She didn't get saved till she was 18. I've been churched all my life. over churched actually. And so the whole, whole, whole notion of I've got to understand where people are coming from. And so often we're trying to fix other people's problems, but we really don't understand where they're coming from. And not only that, but S stands for solve. Solve what you can solve. What is your responsibility? What can you solve? Because you see, conflict is rarely between two individuals. Every conflict has what I call the splash effect. If somebody at your your job has a conflict, sooner or later, you're going to get embroiled in the conflict. Husband and wife are having a challenge. Their kids Grandkids, in-laws, splash effect. In church, few people are having conflict with something, something, and then they start putting prayer requests on Facebook, inviting you to pray for them. So, so there's a splash effect that happens in, in, in all of that. It's never limited to just two people. So before I read my letter to you, I've got four things I wanna suggest to you. Number one, pray blessings on people you're in conflict with. Pray what? Blessings, Blessings. not correction, not reprimand. Lord, don't let them go to sleep till they have seen the error of their ways. (laughs) Make them miserable, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Whatever you sow, you will reap. So the, you pray blessings on them. Because this is what I've known. When I pray blessings on somebody else, it does not just change them, it changes me. Just pray blessings. Lord, bless her, bless him, bless their family, help them prosper financially, help them prosper emotionally. Lord, I pray that everything they do today will be amazing. May God show up in every area of their life. And don't be saying, pray it for you. They don't need to know that. Just pray blessings on people. Number two, number two is pray for yourself, for wisdom and maturity. In a couple of months, I already told you I'll turn 69, but I'm impressed with my immaturity. I just don't get it about myself. I struggle with maturity. I struggle with maturity. So a little bit about myself. Born and raised in a pastor's home got saved early, great home, great education, been to Bible college, seminary, pastored. I've been a Christian University president, written 23 books now, get to travel all over the world. People actually pay me for advice. I make it up as I go along, but it's good. It's good, it's good, I get invited to victory. It's, it's, it's so, so yeah, all that is in my life. With all that pedigree, why is it on 285, <laughs> when they cut me off that I want to wave at them with half a peace sign? Sam, you're a husband, you're a father, you're a grandfather. Goodness, in about two hours, you'll be speaking at victory. You're in 285. Stop waving at people. (laughs) So why, do you all not, are you, don't throw me under the bus like this. Like, I'll pray blessings on him. Because some of you waved back at me this morning. (laughs) Pray for Lord, give me wisdom, give me maturity. Let me not speak in the same tone. Oh Lord, help me not to go there. Just, just Lord, Lord, just keep me, keep me humble, keep me pure. Lord, just, just help me, help me. I'm so messed up, God. If I was, if if you were to just give me the go ahead, I'd probably kill somebody. But oh God, oh God, I'm so homicidal right now. (laughs) Do I have a witness on that? (laughs) Lord, just so my second thing in my conclusion is, Lord, just give me wisdom and maturity. Number three, go apologize. It doesn't have to be your fault for you to apologize. There's power in apology. Two things about that. Number one. If you're going to apologize, apologize. Don't give no half apologies. If I have offended you. (laughs) What's that if got to do with anything? The only reason we had this conversation is because I've been offensive. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. I mean, those non it's like, you know, I'm so sorry for the way I said it. The way you said it? <laughs> why do you want to leave yourself this thing about I'm still right and you still wrong? And why did you, ta- why did you take it wrong? So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. What do you mean you didn't mean to? What's that got to do with mean to or not? It happened. I mean, you back over me, you kill me, and then you say, oops, didn't mean to. Because what you're doing is you're taking a bad situation and making it worse. And don't go on public media and say things like, uh, Facebook, uh, I will forgive you. I went to church and this Indian dude talked about praying blessings on you, I'm praying blessings on you. (laughs) Don't do nothing like that, just, if you're gonna, listen, two words. I'm sorry. Everyone together. Sorry. That's it. No explanation. He says, well, man, I'm just, I'm just sorry. She says, but anything you go beyond that is again rehashing the do. When you start the do. I can't finish that sentence. Meet me in the parking lot, I'll tell you there. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. And if they want to discuss it, just say, you know, I'm just, I'm just really broken over this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because the more you, as soon as you start discussing it, you're back to not square one. You're in the minus category. <laughs> and finally, number four. Forgive. But I want you to know, you can't forget So I was raised with bad theology, which was you gotta forgive and forget. Only one can forget, and that is him. He will forget your sins as far as east is from the west. He, he, He will absolutely, totally forget your latest sin. I can't do that, and neither can you. Listen, listen. Pastor Johnson Bowie walks up to me, slaps me upside the head. In Jesus' name. (laughs) And then over time, Pastor Dennis gets involved and he brings us all together, and we're back back to being friends. All that, all that happens. Reconciliation happens. And I'm talking to Pastor Johnson. Then many of you are 10 years later. Can I forget that this man slapped me upside the head? I mean, 10 years later, and I'm talking to him, I'm still bobbing and weaving. You know, it's like, you know, he did that back then. He might have the same anointing now. You know, it's, it's like it can, it can happen again. Now, I can forget in the sense of holding grudges. I can forget in the sense of keeping score. I can forget in those senses, but as far as the actual happening of what happened, I can forget. And that is why you just have to say to yourself, Lord, keep my heart pure. Keep my heart clean. So before I go to the letter, let me give you the test so you can leave this place. Okay? Okay? Don't be watching your notes there. I see you the front. You're not looking at the notes there. You're texting somebody, aren't you? Are you saying good things about me right now? You are? You're not lying to me right now because we're going to have this. All right. Conflict is about two things. It's about what? And the greater the distance, the greater the conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to respond to... Conflict, we use plus. P stands for L stands for U stands for S stands for. And when all is said and done, because God has brought you to this great church, because God has planted you here, because God has set you here, you got to remind yourself: this is Home. home. This is home. This is because you can run me off, because this is home. Conflict, always was, till you die shall be. How you respond to it, the Holy Spirit can help you with that. Whoa. I thought this would be in bigger type. (laughs) My expectation was. (laughs) Dear church, I wish I could tell you differently. I wish I could shield you from it. I wish I could tell you that I don't have to deal with it anymore. From the beginning of time, everyone alive has had to deal with it, it's inevitable. men. Women and children of all nationalities have it. Christian believers, along with everyone else, have it. Getting saved doesn't stop you from having it. However, Christian believers know that their response to this has to be biblical and different from everyone else. The thing we all have is conflict. The question isn't how you'll respond if you have conflict, it is how you respond when you have conflict. Conflict in families, conflict at work, conflict in society, conflict in culture, conflict in the church. That's why I want to focus on conflict in the church. From the inception of the church, there has been conflict. In Acts chapter six, one group of the church felt neglected and perceived that others in the church were getting better care and attention, leading to the first conflict in a newly emerging church. Acts 15 describes the first council in Jerusalem When the us and them, Jews and Gentiles question almost split the infant church. Acts 15 ends with a split between Paul and his mentor Barnabas, who dissolved their missionary partnership and went in different directions with different partners. Most of the epistles by Paul, Peter, John and Jude are dealing with different types of conflict. Conflict is not new in or to the church. My question therefore is, How will you as a Christian believer respond to conflict in this church? Will you take sides? Will you take to social media? Will you stoke the flames? Is it more important to be right than loving? As your uncle, here are a few of my recommendations. Number one, examine yourself first before throwing rocks. Number two, Talk to people, not about them. Number three, do not turn conflict into a prayer request on social media. Number four, pray for the person you're in conflict with. Not judgment, but blessings. Number five, seek forgiveness and apologize. Conflict is rarely limited to just two individuals. It will eventually involve and impact others. A splash effect. When the church experiences conflict, it is especially impactful. It affects our testimony and could jeopardize someone's eternity. Like any parent or uncle, the goal is to share the wisdom accrued over a long time and to leave the children, nieces and nephews, equipped to apply what has been imparted. We are all to stay in character, Christian character, as we go through difficult places with each other. Let me conclude with Jesus' words of instruction in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Let me give you a new command, love one another. In the same way I loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. Your friend and uncle, Sam Chan.